This Week in Nerd News is proudly sponsored by Carnegie Hall's Afrofuturism Festival 2022 in New York City. The festival is a journey to the world of Afrofuturism, where music, comics, science fiction, and technology intersect to imagine alternate realities and a liberated future viewed through the lens of Black cultures. The festival begins in February, so click the link in our show notes to see the full slate of events and get your tickets now. Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mikkel Steiner. And I'm your host, Kingsway Cleveland. It's good to be back. This is our first episode recording together for the new year. Yeah, it is actually. And of course, like outside of this, you and I interact on a regular basis, whether it be like game night or just regular stuff in general. But it definitely feels nice to be like back sitting in our respective chairs going over the show. Yeah, not not mind-melding during a game of categories, but doing what we do best, podcasting. Yes, that is our true talent. And this, of course, means you must be ready for the next round of Mad Libs of News Headlines. Uh, ready's debatable, but I'm ready to try. <laughs> it's always a good time when it comes to the, the Mad Libs, because every week I find new stories that make me think, like, yes, we're going to do this segment forever. But also make me think, oh god, we're going to do this segment forever because people are making very interesting decisions that are getting us to get to this exact point in reality where these headlines are possible. You ready? We got four this week. Yeah, let's see. I'm like, I'm going to see. I'm trying to go like four for four here. But if I only get to like three, I'll take that. Okay. Okay. You you, you should be warned that Victoria did get the majority of her answers last week. So, so, you know, that's that's a... Friendly competition brewing right now. The game is afoot. The game is afoot. Are you ready? Yep. Alright. First off, this pizza company is taking Little Gotham to Little Italy as it has introduced a Batman-shaped calzone to its menu, according to this January 24th article from Polygon. Okay, I'm supposed to like guess the pizza state place is doing this? Yes, which, which oh. pizza vendor is doing this. Okay, so it's definitely like a national place. So that takes a lot of places that I would eat off the menu. So in my mind, I'm thinking it's between four. That would be between Domino's and Pizza Hut. And then from there, we have Little Caesars. And then we also have Papa John's. I just saw a Papa John's commercial today, and they didn't bring that up at all. So I'm going to rule that one out. I get Domino's too often to not know about this. So it's between Pizza Hut and Little Caesars. I've never gotten Little Caesars, so I'm going to go with them. That's correct. And I was hoping that you were going to pick up on the fact that I said Little Gotham and Little Italy a couple too many times. Um, so you know what? That just didn't work. I just want my stomach instead. <laughs> well, your stomach was still right. so <laughs> I'll take it. Number two in, in our Mad Libs. Arnold Schwarzenegger is stepping back onto the silver screen with a silver mane and silver beard as he released a poster for a new film coming out in February 2022. Hint, he's playing an all-powerful father whose name is the title of the movie. Okay, this one I saw because Greek mythology is my jam, so I know he's playing Zeus. Yep. It's a weird thing. Like, it's just... Why is this happening, Keith? Oh, literally no idea. Like, I instantly thought we were past the point of Arnold Schwarzenegger playing, like, strong, looming, intimidating figures because he's, like, getting a bit older as he's allowed the right to. But we're still forcing it. It's the nostalgia effect, man. 
on to on to number three. You're two for two. So can you go three for three? Glenn Whip from the Los Angeles Times interviewed Nicolas Cage about a variety of topics, but strangely enough, the headline makes Nicolas Cage sound like a modern-day ranger, as he has adopted this animal as a pet-slash-familiar. Okay, so knowing that I'm someone who loves rangers and plays with one in D&D and has a familiar with obsessed with it for months, I feel like I should have known this, but the algorithms did not work out for me and should put this on my dashboard, so I have to guess blindly among the entire pantheon of animals in existence. <laughs> okay... There's um, only millions of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, only millions to choose from. So I have like a one in like a multiple millions chance of getting this one right. Okay. At least I'm two for two so far. So I'm would going you, to Would you like a hint? Would you like would you like a collapsing of the millions and millions of animals or you just wanna go? You know what I am going if you're going to allow me to like get the benefit of refining the list some, that will be appreciated. Okay. So this animal is associated with a different all powerful father. Okay, questions. Animal, does it fly? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna go with a hawk. No, I'm, I'm so sorry. The answer was a crow. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. so, so re- rewinding a, a couple things back. So the all-powerful fulver I was talking to was Odin, who is famously associated with his two crows that represent his, like, sight, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about them. Okay. Yeah. Mugen and Mugen, I believe, are all their names. So, so Norse mythology lesson there, and then uh, the actual headline uh, was take, was taken from discussing films, and they extracted this plot. But he has a pet crow named Hugin, who has taken to calling him names. It's comical, at least to him. Uh, the crow apparently him. says "bye" and then "go pass." Mm, okay, I'm just, I don't, as you know, I don't really like birds. So I'm gonna move on from this for now. I, I forgot that you, you had an aversion to the avian birds. Yes, they always have a tactical advantage. They can fly. I don't like that. That is, that is true. So. All right. Two for free. Got one more. All right. It's, it's you, can on this still, you can still get the majority here. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. True or false? Mountain Dew's Baja Blast, the quote-unquote beloved tropical lime-flavored beverage that originated at Taco Bell, is being made boozy. Okay, so... In related news, I know that they announced this week that Simply Lemonade is going to come out with boozy flavors, but I don't know if this is the thing where you just switched out the company and the product to throw me off, or if Mountain Dew is also making Baja Blast like like liquor infused. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say true, because this is America, we drink a lot. And you would be correct. Woo! Ordered for this, yeah. Uh, CNN just released this headline. It's just like, here's Boozy Baja Blast because everyone wants Boozy flavored lime flavored battery acid. I guess uh, I'll um, stick to the simply lemonade with booze. You know, I love I love Mountain Dew, and I, I would drink it, and then I would like suffer for it immediately. Um, <laughs> but I would I would in fact drink it. Um, it would definitely be energy source for an entire generation. <laughs> you know, it got me it got me through some college years, and then some years after college as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> that that brings a close to this Mad Libs. Congrats for going free for four. Uh, it was a it was a hard one, especially with the uh, aversion to avians. But you surpassed that, and you still got the majority. So yeah, and also it wouldn't have felt completely right if I would have gotten the one that you held me with, right? So like, you know what? <laughs> this is the best way for it to go. We just found out this week officially that 
the series for Percy Jackson the Olympians has been greenlit by Disney Plus. Uncle Rick Riordan, or Riordan, I, I think Riordan, yes. That's very debated among his fans, but I'm pretty sure he says Riordan for his last name. He went ahead and did a really cool video on Twitter that went around earlier this week of him saying that the wonderful smart people at Disney have agreed to greenlight the series and they're now in the works for it. So, like, I imagine that we'll be seeing this sometime in 2023, but as Victoria and I have said many times on this show, especially since I've gone back and she read all five of the books of the original series since then, that this is an amazing series that I can now say in hindsight the original movie didn't quite do justice to so I'm very happy for Uncle Rick in this situation everyone's going to be involved with the show and also all those fans who have been supporting the series for decades at this point and were always disappointed about what they saw so now they get a new chance at that too moving on there is a new game coming out sometime this year if it's not out already called Babies and Broadswords which to simplify this think about Rugrats plus D&D and the setting takes place in an orphanage that's according this is all based on an article I read in Dicebreaker it takes place in an orphanage where you get to play one of six different classes of babies and that's kind of a playoff of your traditional D&D format but they also cool, cool little putty twist on this so for example some of the little ones listed were barbabians warwalks sneaky pants and punchy kickers I can, no, you can no, 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 go on and say that, that, that middle one right there, Keith. <laughs> it's right there. You, you listed it out and everything. <laughs> um, okay, so one of these is called Thortherers. Um, yeah, okay, moving on from that. Any, anyway, <laughs> but as far as... <laughs> I was going to move on from that for now. I'll let you comment on that after this. Um, but then, like, with the parts of the game, actual gameplay goals, instead of being a dungeon master or a game master, that person's called the sitter, as they're kind of overseeing the game and the process. It's the kids are trying to work their way through this whole house. And also, as far as stakes go, because this game does involve literal babies, they don't want drastic things happening. So, all that happens if, like, you lose enough hit points, is babies get quote unquote ouchies, grumps, and tummy aches, and they're eventually forced to take a timeout if they need a rest. So, you can do all the crazy stuff that you want to do in that game but not worry about any long-term consequences or like the trauma that comes with like inflicting harm on babies right and that seems like it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm hoping that someone in our discord or someone i know in general can like do a one shot so i get to go ahead and be a punchy kicker baby because i think as a young infant i would definitely the kid that kept crawling on stuff and i was a ninja like seven years if not more of um, a ninja for halloween so like right up my alley right and i want to be able to channel that inner keep and all that and lastly, I just wanted to take a time. I'm probably going to write an article about this later. I'm trying to form it in my head and find the right place to run it. But I want to talk about a show that has lately become one of my favorite programs to watch on television. And, like, it's been a while since I've watched an ongoing weekly rollout, but this is one of them. The show Grand Crew on NBC. I first became aware of the show a few weeks ago when I saw this now conveniently deleted, I believe, promo run by NBC that compared it to like the next friends. But it was weird though, because the show is features an all black cast and we know about people of color on the show friends and their non-existence except for a couple people. Right. So that's very ironic. That's since been deleted. I think for obvious reasons. Right. But I want to talk about the show because it's, to date, we have six episodes out, and I was literally watching all of those for the third time this morning because I just keep trying to tell people about it. The best way to tell them about it is to watch it with them. I'm trying to spread the word and the gospel of Grand Crew. But essentially a show that, like the Friends Illusion would suggest, it focuses on a group of like six, 20 to 30-something-year-olds living in Los Angeles, just figuring out life and just interacting with each other. It's a lot of fun. And if you like sitcoms, that can be a bit like 
corny for lack of a better word but like in a, a funny humorous sense you'll love it because i love it for those very reasons i think it's written well it's a good show all around and i enjoy that as far as more background stuff goes well again some people have been comparing it to friends even though i think it's a bit lazy and some people have also been going on to try to try to at least call it insecure for black men which i think is problematic and the slippery slope for a number of reasons but one reason why there might be a little validity in that point is that the show that he created by phil augusta jackson who was a writer on insecure so that might be where you get some of those like friend groups trying to figure this stuff out in la vibes from and everything but i just want to lastly end this by saying please watch grand crew and just decide for yourself whether you like it or not because the thing that i would hate most is if i were to watch this show and get attached to it just for it to get canceled, which is like what and happened on. You could never watch any other episode if that happened. I know, and you know my stigma about that. For those that don't know, and aren't on the Discord, it's a weird stigma, man. It's a weird <laughs> stigma. The show doesn't not stop just because you stop watching it. Look, okay, so Mikhail may suggest, and I'm sure we'll talk more about this after he says his thoughts on these topics. I have this weird, and friends of mine also, besides Mikhail, hate this about me. I have this weird habit that, like, I don't like saying goodbye to things, which includes TV shows I fall in love with. So what I'll typically do, especially if I'm, like, binging it, is I'll get to, like, my own natural stopping point before the last, like, episode of the season, the season finale episode before, to avoid getting caught up in a cliffhanger that may never actually be resolved. So what I'll do is I'll get to, like, a natural stopping point where, like, enough of the loosens are tied up where I can find some closure for myself and then think peace with that and stop. And then I'll wait to hear if the show got renewed or not. And then I'll usually, like, wait until it comes back for the next season and just go straight through to it. It just protects my own feelings. But, like, this show is so good for me that I'm actually, like, not taking that risk and watching week by week just so we can get all the views in it needs. So please join me in that. And I will stop ranting for now. Let Mikkel yell at me for my weird habits. It's just, it's, it's just a weird defense mechanism. Like, <laughs> like, don't you want to enjoy what is there even if it's not complete? Like, I don't, I don't. I don't personally understand that. I need to know as much as what was given to me as possible. See, that was me before I broke my completionist ways and realized, like, you know what? I can just opt out of this. I'm fine. Because, like, the biggest pain in the world to me, especially watching anime, you know, right? Like, when you watch anime and then, like, they just stop making the show with major cliffhangers and they will never, ever, 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 ever be resolved, that's probably, like, one of my biggest pet peeves in watching content. So I protect myself from that by, like, ending with, like, one, two, maybe even three episodes left in the season. Just waiting it out a bit. I'm fine. I mean, I know with popular series Hunter x Hunter, they stopped oh making the anime after. You know I had to take that dig in if it was right there. Like oh. The manga's still ongoing. It's taken forever to produce. And another season of that's probably never coming out in our lifetime. But Yes, uh, and that's why I've stopped in like the close to the like, end of the Chimera they, Ant arc. Because I'm like, you know what? I can guess where this is going to go. I know the show is still on the air. I'm going to stop now before I get stuck on a dumb cliffhanger. But, like, the Chimera Ant arc is good. You could finish it. And then there was a arc after that that, like, did provide some sort of narrative closure to at least the anime series. Like, that was a thing that happened there. Which okay. you wouldn't know about because you stopped watching it completely. And we both know the same amount of peace either way. I mean, I just think Hunter x Hunter is over. Sir! It's Hunter Hunter, the X is silent. Stop. Why you know would the X be silent when it's right there in the title? I don't I don't understand where you are. It's decorative. You know how many on. silent letters exist? Oh, oh, okay, fine. Well guys.
gonna we're gonna shift topics to something that was originally going to be a Mad Libs, but I wanted to talk about this in like full detail because it's something near and dear to my heart. On January 25th, a Vice article came out that talked about uh, Fight Club getting its ending edited. Uh, Tencent Video, while digitally re-releasing Fight Club in China, edited the ending such that it resolved with the police figuring out the whole terrorist plot at the end of all of the explosions. And there's just this flashcard that comes up that says, like, police got all of the criminals, they got all the bombs, everyone's fine, no one was killed, everything's copacetic, we're good, we're good. And this was done because there is a law stating that all film has to show law enforcement in a positive light and law enforcement has to be victorious at the end of the film. So of course you can't have various bombs going off in the city skyline as the end of the movie so they went with this this flashcard so like police or solved all of the things it's fine it's fine. It's a weird thing right like it sounds like very odd but the funny thing is there's more, Keith. There's always more. The funny thing is, is that a couple days later, uh, Chuck Panalok, the author of Fight Club, the, the novel, uh, talked with The Hollywood Reporter and was saying, like, I'm cool with this ending because the original ending of his novel was actually in line with the changes to this movie, in which, like, the unnamed protagonist does report all of his stuff to the police and then the police do intervene in the terrorist plot. That was the original context of the novel. And then, like, just on top of, like, the added, like, fun fact of this, like, he's okay with that. And he's also gone on the record, like, in several older interviews, if you dig back to, like, the early 2000s, he talks about how he actually prefers David Flincher's version of the film better than his novel because of how much more coherent it is with the narrative, how it connects some of the plot elements together, and how the ending is much more fitting as, like... Or what it is for well, the original Fight Club ending was very, very depressing. And this has been something that's just like fascinating watching a a story be like edited and edited and then edited, 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 edited as it were. And back in as of my final high school English paper, I did a like 27 page like literature review of like all of Chuck Panelik's work at the totality of the time which was like nine different novels talking about like the different themes he had and all of it so like it's always fascinating seeing Chuck Panalook's work stay within the cultural uh, mind space and always fascinating to see how people respond to his work being changed when his work constantly gets changed <laughs> and and like inquiry right because like Fight Club is like one of those pieces of media get that gets iconically misunderstood and people begin to like like not not everyone does this but there are people sort of like oh yeah Tyler Durden great person definitely my idol so it's like what the hell what the are you did you read the book do you understand that all of this was bad do you did you not get the fascism was that not there did you did you not read the same book that I did it's it's always weird to answer your question, most people have not read the book. They've only seen the movie and taken the completely wrong interpretation of it. And like when I knew we were going to talk about Fight Club, the first thing I knew we had to at least touch on here is how Fight Club has become one of those iconic things where its audience is more like is more known than I think the product itself is. Because I think it was a few months ago I saw this funny tweet that said that if some like if you're dating someone in like traditionally in this case you'd be dating a guy, 
and they tell you that their favorite movie is Fight Club, that's an automatic red flag. And I think a lot of people got offended by that. Like, it's a movie, it's a good one, I enjoy it. Like, I think that's not what was being talked about. I think what people were saying with that, look, there is a very particular kind of person out here walking around the streets that we know who loves Fight Club and they are kind of a walking red flag in and of themselves. So that's one thing I wanted to make sure we talked about here. But like you said, the story is not, like those, that audience, which is kind of co-opted the discussion around the content, has kind of like co-opted, like had, I think, disturbing the entire process. Which well, I think it's interesting how there are also a lot of the main ones complaining about the film being changed in China. Which first of all, you can still watch it. You're fine. <laughs> like it doesn't, what? Like are, are you planning to go to China to watch the movie exclusively? And what? No, it's fine. It's not changing at all for you. And the fact that the person who created the story is okay with it, not because like, not only for the simple reason that, hey, this art came out, but someone changed it somewhere else. Like the, the first star is still the same. Like that's the main reason. Like people get upset about reboots and all that. Like the first thing is still here, but also the fact that like it does a good, better job of telling the mission that he wanted to be. Oh no, telling the story that he wanted to be told in it, everything that's more accurate and also a little less chaotic for the world. His implications, <laughs> right? Just, just a little bit. I think if somebody told me Fight Club was their favorite movie, I would ask the follow-up question of why is it your favorite movie? Because if the next part of that sentence was, I think it's a very effective critique of capitalism and how the uh, conformity of culture forces us to do weird things. It's like, oh, okay, you you, you get it. Cool. Um, but if in reality it's like, hey, I like how they got to blue stuff up. I mean, I like how they blew stuff up and like gave it, stuck it back to the man and like I get to be a radical. That's a very different conversation yeah. to be had. Because that's, yes. that's more the fascism side, which I think is what a lot of people gravitate to without realizing that this is indeed fascism. Other fun facts about Fight Club, because I know them, uh, there were two comic book sequels about Fight Club uh, that you can probably find at your local comic book store that deals with the protagonist as he deals with the lingering vestiges of Tyler Durden. Um, your mileage may vary on how effective of a story it is. Also, like, read Fight Club at some point, because it is a very interesting read, and it's, it's worth investing, I think, even couple decades after the fact but this is not censorship this is just how film distribution works sometimes and with that it is time to go ahead and turn to our not patented but unofficially patented lightning round so to start us off the legends of vox machina the animated series based on the first stream D campaign from the people over critical role is now out on Amazon Prime with its debut of three episodes, and it currently holds a 100% critic score and the 94% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is saying a lot, because like there are things that get dinged before they even come out at this point, right? It's been out for a few days, still that high. Like Part of that, I think, is because like the fan base it was made for found it automatically, but the critic score thing also helps, right? This means a pretty good show. And I've watched it so far, and it's been really enjoyable. Next up, Sir Ian McKellen said earlier this week that his quote-unquote final desire is to star in a musical, which obviously makes me sad because it's got me thinking about Ian McKellen being 82 years old and what that means for the future, but it also means that we have to do everything in our power to make this happen at some point in time, all right? Even if he can't sing, which I'm sure he can to a sin, absolutely, but like, still, like, lip sync, something, make it happen. Lastly, and this is so long overdue, I think this actually, like, something's been happening since before we started this podcast, long-awaited, Saga, 
a comic book co-created by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples, has finally returned after a three-year hiatus with issue number 55, picking up right where it left off before they went on break. Let's all prepare our hearts to be broken on a monthly basis, once again in all the best ways, because that's what that show, notorious, that comic notoriously does to us. If you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news, feel free to tweet us at BlackNerdProblems with the hashtag TWINN. That was this week in nerd news. Tune in next week for more pop culture news. Once again, I'm your host, Keith B. Cleveland. And I'm your host, Mikkel Snyder. All right, take care out there, folks, and stay safe. <laughs>